Welcome to a brand new show, folks. It's great to have you with us again here on Fronteras, the Changing America. One of the things that has been recommended to us here at Fronteras is to bring back the political roundtable discussion that uh, we got so used to listening to on the airwaves when there were political airwaves uh, on the AM dial. And so that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be having an interesting political roundtable discussion about a changing America, about where we're headed as a community, the kinds of things that we enjoy talking about with all of you. Joining us today, we have a pretty neat panel for all of you, some familiar faces, perhaps some not so familiar faces. Joining us today, we have the host of the Third Rail, Chris Bailey. We also have the host of The Common Man, Gabriel Nila, and we have political consultant out of Austin, Texas, Moises Bujanda, who was actually born and raised here in El Paso. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Let's, uh, let's, open, let, let's, let's open up the table. No holds barred. Um, a lot of things going on politically. Just yesterday, I was having a conversation with folks about the fact that it's just so frustrating that the whole debt ceiling situation is going the way that, that, it, that it has been going and, and that it's prolonged, that, that it dragged on for so long. And, and the way that we're kind of dealing with it now. Your, your, your thoughts on what's going on, the overall tenor of politics right now. Chris? Okay. Um, as far as the debt ceiling is concerned, I think, uh, of course, recently, most recently, we had President Obama walk out of talks with the Republican leadership. And uh, the idea behind it, if you listen to the chatter coming from the right, uh, Many of them, you have Mitch McConnell saying, all right, well, what we're going to do is just hand it all to you and you can spend yeah. at, at your discretion. That's a political move. It's a very cynical move as well. It sounds like a kindergartner. Absolutely. Like. <laughs> because he doesn't want to remain accountable to his base, right. which is against raising the debt ceiling. So he's just going to have it for Obama and hope that they can have a plug if it's not successful in the 2012 elections. And they can use that against him yeah. in some way. But let us not forget how we got there in the first place. Let us not forget how we got a tremendous amount of debt. And there is, a, the Republicans are right on one point. We do have a spending problem in Congress. This isn't the president's fault necessarily. This is, has to do with Congress. So, but, you're saying, so you're saying the this isn't the president's budget yet? Despite the I fact think that the budget, office the budget definitely belongs Come to the president, Chris. but it definitely. You sound like a classic liberal. Uh, well, no, absolutely, I love this. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> but you cannot exonerate. Speak for the Democratic you cannot, Party, please. You cannot exonerate <laughs> the Republicans from any of this. You can't. You cannot exonerate. I, I, the last two I, years I agree of the Bush with you, presidency, look, they were in charge. Chris, I agree with you, but the problem is this: you have both parties that are behaving like babies. Absolutely. As a parent, absolutely. as a parent, I with you. as a parent, I would go in there and set them straight and give them a good uh, licking, okay? Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is that- I agree. Uh, the, the, and we can make them eat their peas if they want. <laughs> <laughs> we can make them eat their peas, yeah. yes. Please. Let's let's have them eat their Please. peas. The, 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 the bottom line is that neither the president nor the uh, Republican leadership have come to the table mm -hmm. and, and addressed the problem as most Americans would have expected them to as adults. Exactly. Wait, so let me ask you a question though. Yes. Who controls the purse strings? I know you're going to say the, the Congress. Who controls the purse strings? The Congress. Who controlled the purse strings the last two years? Chris, of I'll the ask you a question. When was the last time the president submitted a budget? I have he no problems. He has no problems. Absolutely. But see, here's the thing. Everybody, everybody throws out the name Ronald Reagan. 
-hmm. Everybody throws out the name Ronald Reagan. Uh, the pre President Obama throws out the name Ronald Reagan. Uh, the Republicans throw out Ronald Reagan. Re Ronald Reagan raised the debt ceiling several times right, during right. his presidency. And, and you're right. No one has really. Everybody's saying you come up with a plan. No, many, you come up with a plan. How many times no, you. was it raised under Bush? The eight years of his presidency. How many times was it raised under Bush? Three. And Not only that, but the national deficit was increased by three times. Right. No, the Republicans said nothing about it. This is the problem, though, is that we have a cynical group of individuals on both sides of the aisle in Congress. The issue isn't whether or not liberals are tax and spend and Republicans are about saving. And their description is we don't have a revenue problem, we have a spending problem. We definitively have a revenue problem in this country. We definitively have but, a revenue But at the end problem. of the day, is there an ideology that's at play here? I mean, Absolutely. Republicans and Democrats both, sound absolutely. alike. They're, they're both just going well, like Well, they do the same thing. It's tax and spend on both sides. It's what they tax and spend in favor of. Republicans tend to tax and spend in favor of security, national security. You're talking about a party that endorses uh, the building of a preposterous machine, something that the secretary of the <laughs> on the Armed Services Committee has said explicitly, look, we don't need this weapon. Yeah. It, it is a, a cloaked boat that the Navy has said explicitly, look, we don't need it. It's good to have, though, <coughs> because you never know. Someone else may have that. How much I mean, does it cost, Gabriel? You know, I don't I know. I mean, you're a Republican. You're right. It's good to have. It's good to have. It's yeah. good to have Legos, too, but I don't it's, need it's $3 billion Legos. worth or $10 billion you, worth of Legos. I'm but it sorry. comes to a point where it's like, well, there's going to be a time where we may need it. So let's go ahead and have where that in place. Where are we going to cinch our purse strings? When are we going to, if you're going to be a Republican, if you're going to be a conservative, it, okay. when are you going to begin to cinch the purse strings? At one point or another, you're going to have to. You know where you know you're going to go. You know where you're going to It's going to go across the board. You're going to have to cut. You're going to have to cut. You're going to have to cut across the board. Now, here's here's what I would say would be the best solution to do. Go ahead and do a temporary tax debt increase. Say, okay, we're going to go ahead and move it up X amount of billion dollars. Okay. Okay. But at the same time, as we're doing that, we're going to cut left and right anywhere that we can, whether it's funding to to foreign nations, whether it's funding to to domestic programs and then we say people as that always goes on, use that card we don't spend that much in foreign policy they, and people tend to think that it's this mythical amount it of matter. huge it, cash it, it, when but it, it doesn't isn't matter. but it doesn't matter it's money that's being spent let's go for example in, in a household if we have let's say for example a household has $25,000 in, in expenditures or or money that's coming in Okay, they can't be spending over that amount because they understand that if they go over that amount, they're going to have to find some way to shuffle the numbers around to go ahead and pay whatever's due. So, let's, so what they normally, what people normally do, is that they will say, okay, this is how much I'm going to spend, and then from there, start cutting as we go along. Sure. But Once I have enough money to go to, yeah. Well, now, now, but but now, neither the Republicans or the Democrats are willing to vote for it right now. So, let me interject something, though. In a household, you have an explicit notion of what you are spending and what you're spending money on. In our government, because of the security apparatus as well, we have monies that have been devoted via uh, numerous departments. Department of the Treasury, they have money that's being funneled into the security industry. Virtually every department that sits in the government that is involved in policy and policy making has funnels that are, being, that are funneling federal funds into the security apparatus. That is unaccountable. It is un inauditable because it's a matter of, of state security. 
This is to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars. Well, we can project that. We can we can estimate. We can have a, a piece of paper saying, okay, I'm I'm projecting this is how much money we're going to be funneling into these areas, right. and that's fine. If, if if it's over, then it's over. But in, but if it's within those targets, then we can go ahead and we can my, my manage. Point being Warren Buffett, go ahead, gentlemen. Go ahead. Warren Buffett had had an interesting quote, and uh, he said it the, throughout the course of this this past week, and he said that if it was up to him, he could solve it right away. All he would say would be that he would pass a law that would say that if uh, you know the the debt was three percent, you know of the GDP, then at that point, all Congress will be ineligible for re-election. That's what Warren Buffett said. At the end of the day, are we talking about political kindergarten and, and us really not getting the, the job done? Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, it doesn't matter. Are, are we saying that, but, that, these, that these leaders are not? But, but don't the parties, and you, you all, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, don't the parties reflect the opinion of the country? And that is that America as a whole is split right down the middle on all kinds of issues and there neither side is willing to budge so we're like at a standstill with so many issues and we really don't move forward I, I mean, I, I'm listening to you I, too. And I, dis I disagree. You're no different than the. Rest I, I, of the well, country. I dis I disagree with that. I think that if you look at polling, for instance, congressional polling, they have dismal numbers on both sides of the aisle because of, of what they're doing. Now, let me ask you a question. The Democrats have caved on virtually all of the policy issues, and I'm not assuming a liberal stance here. Wait, 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 I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm just saying, what saying, policy issues, what saying, policy issues have they caved Well, they've caved with regard to, uh, as far as the debt ceiling is concerned, they've caved on numerous issues with regard to taxation. The extension of the Bush tax cuts. You mean Obama? For instance, the Democrats or Obama? The, he's the leader of his party. Oh, thank you. He is the leader of his party. Thank you so for let's the clarification. So let's be explicit about that. <laughs> let's be explicit about that. And that's both Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid, while they've squawked and balked a little bit, have gotten in line and towed the, the party line as far as Obama has been leading the Democrat Party, the Democratic Party. Let me also point out that they have, Obama in particular, as executive, has left and put Social Security cuts on the table for the Democrat, or for the Republicans to take if they will extend the debt ceiling. Outside of just the debt ceiling, though, you look at other policy decisions, the extension of the Patriot Act for another four years, with virtually no provisional clauses placed in to safeguard uh, American civil liberties in this country. None whatsoever. That is a huge issue. There were two people, as far as I'm concerned, that were overt opponents of this. That was Ron Paul on the, the right, and you had Dennis Kucinich on the left. The only two, the rest of their parties were silent on this. And what you're seeing, actually, to answer your question, Moises, is that the, in my opinion, the fight between the left and the right in this country over substantive policy issues is political theater and it's an illusion. What we see and what we are fighting in this country is a fight about liberty or libertarians over authoritarians. But, uh, Chris, to your point of the Congress has dismal numbers. Mm -hmm. So what? They continue to get reelected. The percentage of Congress. Well, no. The, Re the, the Republicans did the not. The Republicans did not. There was a there was a no one votes. Absolutely, but there was also a virtual revolution, if you remember, uh, with the with the election ago. of the right. of of the Republicans. Right. So that 
actually pulls the rug out from underneath what you're they're saying. They're not in. Well, well, not they're not in. Not necessarily. He, he's actually correct that everything, you know, the, 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 the public is in, is in the center of, mm -hmm. of, of, the whole, of the whole mix. But what's happening is that, as you mentioned in 2010, we had the, or we, we had the election where there started to become a shift. This is a slow process that's going to that's gonna take, but unfortunately it's a slow process. Mm -hmm. And not many people are, are, people are slowly realizing that the, that the standard that they're used to is not what it should be right now. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we have politicians that are saying one, that they're saying, yeah, I'll go and do this, I'll go and do this for you, and then turn around and say, oh, sorry, couldn't do it. Yeah, but, but see, I, I, get, I get frustrated with people, Gabriel, that say, you know, this whole process is going to take time. This, the, the economic situation of our country is, is something that's going to take time. And for me, that's, that's a load of BS. That's a load it, of people talking about uh, how they want to cover once, twice, thrice, again and again, over and over for their politicians. And at the end of the day, you say they keep getting elected. And we said they keep getting elected with a dismal voter turnout, particularly in places like El Paso. Which is representative of the general population well, it, it, of the United States. States. The people that are polled are often uh, people that don't union. vote. So and they don't vote because of apathy. They vote because they feel disenfranchised. They vote because they feel like they, they don't vote because they feel like they are not represented when they elect a leader into office. And oftentimes, I have to say it, that is the case. That voter disenfranchisement is a very real thing. In what way, let me ask you, in what way do blue dog Democrats represent liberal, liberal Democrats? And there are blue dogs that are voted into office by liberals. They represent their community? They in represent their community? No, I'm asking you, in what way do they represent their community? Their community voted them based on their platform. So therefore, based therefore, off of, therefore, based off of what voter turnout? On a small voter turnout, irregardless, so of, the, irregardless of the voter they turnout. They represent Chris, a minority no, of no, their no, no, community. No, no, no. Let's Irre be clear no, about no, no. that. Irregardless of the, of the voter turnout, the individual who is elected mm -hmm. is elected legitimately by that small percentage and they mm -hmm. are there to represent those would you that admit got that's a minority of the, the population? Same, the same thing applies would you admit that that's a minority of the population? Campaigns. Would you admit that that is a minority of the population? And as the minority, this is the very we're thing. We're, 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 we're not going to have, have large number of voter, voter participation in this country. We never have had a uh, period. And a major, minority is always going to elect a person that you might think is not representative of the majority. This is the Let's very thing that J.S. Mill, th just let me interject really quickly before we move on. This is the very thing that the philosopher J.S. Mill had a problem with, the tyranny of the minority over the majority. This is a major problem that he had. Is tea beggars, the mob mentality. <laughs> right, right. This, is, this is a major problem. And you know how to resolve it? We have to get the, the, the engagement, of the, the, the majority that don't vote have to become now engaged in what's going on and it's going to be up to them now if they choose not to then i'm sorry we can't do anything mm -hmm. to say hey you know you got to vote and if they say no but too bad okay look but there let, let's bring it back to something tangible let's bring it back to our, our own community we're, we're talking from uh the a perspective of west texas and southern new mexico right let's take let's take the the el paso community which which we're all very familiar uh the the <coughs> el paso las cruces ciudad juarez area we're talking about politicians that are supposed to, yes, represent their communities. Are they legitimately elected? Sure, Moises, they're legitimately elected. How many of these individuals can we actually say are truly representing a future vision for, for, this, for this community? Something that is worthwhile. I, I'm not sure I could come up with one name. If you don't agree with the representation, why don't you go in and change it? Well, 
Well, begins with a discussion. And I'm not pointing. Wait, wait. I'm not pointing. No, no, no. I'm not pointing the finger at him. I love it. No, I'm not pointing the finger at him. I'm pointing the finger also at you. And a lot of our viewers who complain about the process and about the system, but do not get involved in it. You, you assert that as if that's an easy thing. One of the options in changing is to run for office yourself. What does it take to run for office? Money. It takes money. That's the most important. And thing. who controls the purse strings and in El Paso? Precisely. Who are the king who are the kingmakers? Who are the kingmakers yeah, in course. the area? Not just El Paso, but Las Cruces. We have Las Cruces. Numerous areas in the region have a very real problem with an access to funds in order to run for office. We had numerous viable candidates in El Paso that ran as write-ins with a dismal, dismal amount oh, of funding. Favor. For favor, Chris. Don't, don't, even, don't, don't get, me, get me started here, okay? Okay. Don't, don't put a writing candidate as a legitimate candidate. Why not? Run, uh, That's part of the democratic no, no, process. No, no, for favor. You're, making, well, you're making a joke of the whole system, is it okay? Not, is no, it not no, let me tell you. Why is it no, allowed Because writing candidates if do not win. Okay. Well, says if it writing candidates is you, you and your you and your uncle Alaska, in Alaska. In Alaska. Yeah. Writing Alaska. candidate won. Oh, in Alaska. So mm -hmm. now we're going. We're going to move the model well, we of Alaska to, here. No, we want to we're going from the cold no, to the desert heat. Not. That's no, what we're doing. You're throwing the around a joke. The no, no, no. Talk about me in all of working the within States. the system, What's not working outside it. What is with this high-handed, high horse mentality? Oh, we're going to move Alaska to El Paso. What's with that? That's almost What's a, that's that? almost you a gave, snobbery. You gave, you gave me an example, right? A one example of one county in Alaska, and you want to apply it to the, the rest of the country? No. Come on, give I'm me a talking no. about the locality of El Paso, of El Paso, even in county elections. Get for real, Chris. At the end of the day, though, I guys. Did. At the end of the day, though, when we're talking about this community, look at the voter turnout. You have a city of eight hundred thousand countywide, mm -hmm. and, and I'm talking El Paso. And you, what was it? What was the voter count? I mean, maybe you, you know it better than I do, Moises. But it was something near 14,000 14, voters the last the last cycle. Right. Fourteen thousand people came out and selected these group of individuals that are now in these elected offices, supposedly representing a community as a legitimate. Sure, it's legitimate, but is it? the kind of leadership that we need. Here we are around a table discussing, uh, discussing the future of, of the debt ceiling situation and, and how badly it has all gotten in, in Washington, D.C. But even in our own community, we have this group of people that are elected by a dismal amount of people. Is it legitimate? Sure. But is it what this community needs? You have a community that has uh, economically our, our community is faring better than most communities around the nation. We, you got Fort Bliss uh, expanding here. You have businessmen and women coming into the community, setting up businesses in a bad economy. You have the housing market relatively stable in El Paso, yet the leadership in and around our city continues to be elected by a small amount. It's controlled by a small purse string. There are a group of kingmakers. I mean, let's 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 flesh out some 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 candidates. Let's flesh them out. No Who are some across the United States in many communities? El Paso's not alone or isolated there, in that. Th there's four people on this table right here, right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I'll ask the question: When was the last time you participated in a campaign or gave financial help to a campaign? Oh, I, I can, can tell you the last time I did. I that, can that tell was, you I donate to campaigns all the time. I mean, I'm okay. not just involved You're the in exception. electoral You're campaigns. the exception. I'm not just, You're the I'm exception. just, I'm but not just, just involved But it's just the only way to get involved campaigns. with a campaign nowadays. 
No, that's not that's, that's, that's not the only way. But you're you're gonna get you're gonna participate in campaigns if you feel close or you know the individual or you know his or her agenda. If people are not participating, it's because the candidates are not addressing the issues or networking to bring those voters into and they're not the, the circle. And they're not specific. They're not specific. You can have someone that's going to say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lower taxes. I'm going to lower property taxes. Well, how are you going to do it? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and bring new business. How are you going to do it? Tell me what you're going to tell me your plan. When, when you send me your flyer, what, what is your plan for, 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 for to bring business in here? What is, what is your plan so I can have more money in my pocket in, at the end of the year? You know, there, there's nothing in there that's that. If we were to have somebody that just say, I'm going to break it down the following manner, I, I'd jump on that person in a heartbeat. I'd say, this is the one. I mean, you guys have seen political candidates come in and out of this community for years. A any one particular candidate stand out to you with, with the vision, with a passion, a dedication to really take this community to the next level? That that really was a person of uh, this community, supported back by a great amount of the community. I I really can't can't think of one. Across the board. Across the board. Um. I know that there's going to be a good discussion here about this, but I'll say I'll go ahead and say it. Even though uh, there's been uh, small participatory uh, within the electorate, I'll mention uh, Silvestre Reyes. I'll mention Veronica Escobar. What? what is, I'll, I'll mention. Uh, este, I'll go ahead and put it on the table. Uh, John Cook. Look at the. Uh, uh, the, the number. Sauce? The, the <laughs> That's what I was going to say. With at, barbecue sauce. Look at the number of times that he's been reelected. With his guitar. Look at the number of times that he's been reelected, and uh, but what was his legacy, Moises? What did he do for El Paso? Maybe it's what he didn't do for El Paso. No, no, no. Wait, explain <laughs> yourself. Explain yourself. What I'll do you mean by that? Okay. okay. Because right now, in the current atmosphere that we have in El Paso, and uh, the, the, uh, the 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 FBI investigations and so forth, yeah. at this point, at corruption. this point, the po the politicians who are in office right now and who are being reelected, I think we can honestly say have, are clean, okay? The vast majority of them who are still there. And- Or they just haven't been caught yet. And, and when I say it's what he didn't do, because maybe he's been there because he's been clean, he's been following his ethics, his moral judgment, his political compass. Maybe it doesn't please you or I, but, Bottom line is, with as many individuals as we have seen gone down, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's not bad that these guys who are in there, although we might question what they have done or accomplished, at least they have not gotten caught up in the wrong moral compass. But and I, I, I hope I'm you don't take this the wrong way, Moises. Please. But it sounds like we're settling for mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Or less. And I'll, uh, let, I'll go ahead and put that on the table. In the current atmosphere that we are facing in El Paso, and in fact, uh, I'll go ahead and make this statement too. In the current atmosphere that we are facing here in El Paso and that it, New Mexico is facing with state government because of Bill Richardson and all of the scandals that have been and are currently on the table, then in El Paso you're going to have you're you're going to continue the, the 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 status quo, quote unquote, if you want to call it that, mediocre leadership 
that hasn't been tainted, tainted by any scandal. In New, in New Mexico, what you're seeing is the Democrats taking a hit because of what Richardson has done. And the best uh, case example of that would be Susana Martinez, because let's put everything on the table. If uh, as an incumbent, uh, uh, D Diane Denish would have been, uh, who ran for governor uh, and got caught up, not because of her own making, but because of Bill Richardson's baggage, I think that cost her the election, which left the, the, the opportunity for Susana and a lot of Republicans to go in there based on the baggage of someone else. Major difference though there is I know, I'm that talking statewide, New Mexico, I'm talking well wait though, even, even beyond the statewide thing, New Mexico has a Republican party. El Paso has a non-existent Sans Gabriel and company. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just teasing. But hey, it, hey. I mean, it's like it, there is, it's non-existent. So when has El Paso ever taken a hit for its scandals and its politicians and its scandals? It's taken a hit on a personal level, but not on a party-wide level. Not in a oh, let no, me no, hold no, you to no. account. No, I, I think I, I disagree with you. Okay, and I disagree with you in reference to has El Paso taking a hit because of the scandals, uh, because of the scandals. Okay, and the answer is yes. And I think you all will agree. Uh, on this uh, observation. The fact that we have in El Paso low voter participation and I'll make this prediction, we will continue having dismal voter participation in elections for the next decade because as long as we are going through this process of quote unquote a cleanup uh, corruption effort, it's going to be in the minds of individuals and it will continue to impact the voter I participation. Think, I think that that is... You're not going to be able to do that. That, that is actually, comments, that's actually supporting your premise, I think, uh, with faulty information. First of all, if you look at the voter behavior in El Paso for the last 20 years, it's been dismal. The best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. It's dismal and has been for the last 20 years in this city and in this region. It's going to get more Precisely because get more dismal, of a lack of confidence in government in general in both parties so it started the in the 70s it continued in the 80s it went into the 90s and it will continue chris but at the end of the day what, and and you know what you, you guys are all hitting the points that that we have been talking about at, at, at on this program and and on our own individual programs there is a changing at, uh, environment within america today there's a changing environment within our community and and at some point it's got to change it begins with a discussion. You're asking what we do. I think it begins with a discussion, and unfortunately, the discussion this time around is, is done. Well, uh, I, I hope I hope that really? we can continue it. Yes, I, it's, I, all, I it's, it, it's I all. think it also contain, uh, it has to continue with some measure of direct action. I think the the presupposition here is that you have to go through okay. uh, political establishments, institutions, and leaders in order to get things done. That's a presupposition. Folks, that's it for us today. Thank you for joining us on Fronteras of Changing America. Until next time, I'm Hector H. Lopez.